This is Financially Tuned with Michael Mansfield from The Lind Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With 10 years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Michael Mansfield to help you find out how to be financially tuned. Hello, and welcome to another week of Financially Tuned Radio. I'm your host, Michael Mansfield. I'm a certified financial planner with the Lind Group located in Ventura, California. I've got with me my good friend and co-host, Tony Shore. He's with us every week. He's the valuable, valuable person that we need to keep this show, we'll say, entertaining and alive. And we've got a good topic today. We're going to be talking about the stock market a little bit. So, Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> Don't, don't do the uh-oh. Does everyone do the, the uh-oh? The market. Oh, there's uh-oh. too many doomsdayers. Come on, man. <laughs> every time every time someone says the market or the stock market, we need ah. to play we need to play the Darth Vader. Dun 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 <laughs> <laughs> No, the market's been very good to a lot of people for a lot of years. So um we have to uh, we have to look at that as a viable investment option, don't we? Well, absolutely. You know, every week we're always talking about some big picture stuff, and and we go in a lot of different directions with the show. But one of the things that I'm always touching on is the constant idea of having a proper retirement income plan. What that means is instead of just going to a seminar and getting your free dinner and buying a product, instead of focusing on buying a product or an investment. Focus on why you're doing it. What is the plan? What are the goals? How much money do you need in retirement? Because as you focus on that stuff, you can start organizing it. What is Social Security bringing in? What are pensions bringing in? Where's the money coming in from the world? Do I have rental properties? And then how much do I need? And then based on the income gap, it's very easy to see how much your assets you need to be using for income. It's easy to segment them out or bucket them out and say, here's the money I need for five years, for the next five years. Here's the money I need to cover me from five to 10 years out and then my longer term money. And as you do that, it's easier to assign risk to the type of money that you have. If you have a bucket of money that you absolutely do not need for 20 plus years, it should probably be some way sort of associated with the stock market because you have the time horizon, you have the risk tolerance associated with that bucket. If you need money tomorrow coming out of your investments, that bucket of money should not be in the stock market. You're just going to do damage. So we like to talk about the stock market because, you know, Tony and I, we were, we were talking before the show, Tony, um, I, for whatever reason, the last couple of weeks, I've been listening to the radio a lot. And there's a tendency that everybody on the radio likes to bash the stock market, doomsday stock market, stock mm-hmm. market's bad. Um, they like to pick very specific time segments. If you went from September of 2001 to May of 2013, look how bad it did. You know, but it's, but sure. But sure. it's all loaded on And I was people. making fun of that when I was doing the doom and gloom. You know, I'm making fun of that because right. that's always what you hear. I know, but it's easy for people to pull out very specific segments and say, oh, look how bad it is. Um, 
when when does that really represent you? Were you simply invested from those two exact periods or did you start on that day to that date? Probably not. And did you own solely the S&P 500, which is the index everyone always talks about? Or were you weighted in other things? I mean, maybe you've owned Apple for the last few years before of lately and you know, you've done extremely well. I mean, there's things where it's easy to bash the stock market when then again, you haven't purely just owned the stock market. So there's a lot to think about there. Um, but goal number one is before you put any of your money at risk, you buy that red money asset class before you put it at risk, you got to know why you're doing it. You have to have a retirement income plan. You need to segment out your monies and see which money is appropriate to have in the equities. Call me, 805-500-7035. This is exactly what we do. I'm not scared of the stock market. And oh, funny secret, I'm licensed to help people purchase things inside of the stock market, which is probably the big reason why most other people on the radio are saying the stock market's so bad. They're not even licensed to sell stocks, bonds, mutual funds. They're insurance agents. So at least we see the, the value of both. Because look, we're insurance licensed. We sell fixed and fixed index annuities. We sell cash value life insurance and health insurance. We do insurance products, but they have to fit in the right place. We don't just sell them for the giggles of it, and we don't sell them based on scaring you out of the stock market because I don't think that that is fair to anybody. Um, sure. You have to look at all your all your available right. options, and, and you're saying the difference between you and a lot of professionals out there that you're, you're hearing about or hear on the radio is that uh, they are trying to get you to just look at uh, insurance as an option for a retirement vehicle. You know, all you have to put your focus on their goal is to sell you that fixed index annuity or on the other side, their goal is just to everything in the stock market. Right, right. So you have to have a balance and you have to look at all the available options and not every option is going to be appropriate for every person's situation, right? I mean, depending on how much money they have. Yeah, you're spot on, Tony. I mean, the the problem is, is most sales-related financial planners are one-size-fits-all people. They want you to either buy all insurance products, they want you to buy all stock products, you know, if they're a stockbroker versus an insurance agent. Whereas, Tony, you're, you're spot on. It, having a plan is what matters. The amount of money you have that matters because there's a big difference between someone who has 200000 and someone who has $2 million depending on how much they need. If it's going to take all of your money to solve your retirement income, you got to be very careful about what you do with it. At the same time, if you don't need a lot of your money you know, for your retirement income plan, now you have a lot more options of what you get to do. And now you get to explore your risk tolerance, your aptitudes and what you're trying to accomplish. But big picture theme here, a lot of criticism on the stock market. Absolutely true. You know, it, I hate to break it to everybody. It goes up and it goes down. Right, sure. That yeah, seems to be news sometimes. And we've had some pretty euphoric runs. Actually, the, the stock market as of this moment is I think they're saying the second or third longest bull market ever. So, you know, we're getting a big short-term run in this time period before some type of correction. But here's what's interesting. If you look big picture at the stock market, you go out 150 years. Everybody who's trying to sell you something, they have a tendency of helping you hone in on what are called um, cyclical markets. Cyclical markets are things that are, are short-term, you know, 
Oh, trying to time. You're talking about trying to time the market, aren't you? Well, but also criticizing how terrible the market is. Is if you say, "Hey, look at look at uh, since January the market's crashed." Well, yeah, but then again, it's back up. Look at in in last August how the market crashed. Yeah, but then it came back up. Look at last September of 2014 how big it crashed. Yeah, but then it came right back up. Um, if you look at short time periods, three months, six months, a year, even two years. These are cyclical markets. They're short-term markets where the market fluctuates. Oh, wait, the market went down for a year, and then like a monster, it came right back up, and it took some time. took some time. But what's interesting is as we discuss the idea of bull and bear markets, is there something that are called secular markets. They're not cyclical. Secular or long-term. These are market trends that last 10 years, maybe 12 years, they're longer term trends of what happened in the stock market. And in the last 150 years of the stock market, there has been only four secular bear markets in the stock market. One was kind of in like the, the, the 19 teens, like 1911 through 1920 kind of thing. And then you had one that was, that began with the great depression that went on through the thirties. You had one in the seventies and then more interestingly, you had one that started in year 2000. And so every advisor that's been talking about how bad the stock market is, if you start listening to what they're saying, that's when they're, they've been talking about this stuff is kind of since 2000. Oh, look how bad it's been. And that's true. But when you look at what, what, what they're talking about, they're actually talking about a secular bear market. And they might not even realize that. They're focused on the cyclical markets inside of that much bigger market. These secular markets, they tend to last somewhere between, like I said, 10 to 12 years where the market goes down, it goes sideways. And that's exactly what happened in the 2000s. Remember the dot-com crash caused the stock market to fall, you know, 30, 40%. And then it went back up from 03 to kind of 07. And then it rolled over through the 08 deal. And then at the bottom of 09, it went back up. And all of a sudden, you said, wait a second, from 2000 to May of 2013, the stock market never made a real new high. It moved sideways and down for 13 years. That's a long stinking time. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden, something happened, though. May 2013, the market went higher. It broke out. We actually left that that secular market and now we're in a different market cycle at a new high and that's interesting because nobody else is talking about that on the radio they're saying ah the market stinks it's all over get out of here but then again (laughs) what we have to do is you say well wait a second there's only been four secular bear markets in the history of the s p 500 so what happened every other time you know what happened the three other times well that's what's interesting After the market finally broke out of the bear market, after these, like I said, 10, 12, 15 year markets, the market went up exponentially. They had they had 10 to 15 years of the stock market going up exponentially huge. And that's interesting because when you look at the history of every secular bear market, they they all ended with something very in common, low interest rates and companies sitting on a lot of cash. Now, well, that's weird. What do we have going on right now? 
Uh, Tony, what do you think about interest rates right now? Are they are they really high? <laughs> uh, they're at an all time low. They're like zero. Oh, low interest rates. How weird. Have companies yeah. been hoarding cash over the last number of years because they're scared to death to do anything with it? I mean, heck, they say Apple's got so much cash they could buy Greece right now. Maybe they, yep. maybe probably get a good deal. Um, yeah, they could buy they could buy uh, an entire country or two. Exactly. But those are the things that we have right now. So when we look at the history of these long-term secular bear markets that we've had, they all ended with low interest rates and companies sitting on a lot of cash. And mysteriously, that's what we have going on right now. And mysteriously, the market broke out as of May of 2013 and is going up. Now, I'm not a wizard. I don't have a crystal ball. I have no clue where the market's going. And just because a bear market ends doesn't mean it's not rocky as it, as it moves always higher over time. And that's what we've experienced over the last year. Look, just because it's stagnant, it's going down, it's going up, doesn't mean it won't ever go up again. I don't know what it's going to do tomorrow. No clue. Right. If, if I did, I wouldn't be on the radio. I'd be busy out <laughs> borrowing money. Yeah. Doing stuff yeah. with it. But what we do know is that big picture the stock market's a good deal. It's always been a good deal. That's the only reason we've ever used it is because over time it always goes up. And so if we can create a proper retirement income plan and segment out your assets and see what portion of your assets we don't need for income in the near to moderate term, then why wouldn't we want to be in equities? Why wouldn't we want to try to catch the growth? Because history is telling us that the market could continue on to higher highs, you know, over the next decade. Now, granted, Doomsday, everybody is going to say that, but that it's not. But then again, they keep saying interest rates are going to go up too, and they don't. So I don't know. Well, hey, we have to take a quick commercial break right now. Mike, is there anything you want to add before we do? Yeah, I am not scared of the stock market. So if you're kind of getting overwhelmed with the constant theme of everybody telling you how bad the stock market is, why don't you come in and we can have a conversation, not about how bad the stock market is, but how to balance risk inside of a properly formatted retirement income plan. That way, if it makes sense in your situation, you can have it, but you can own it comfortably. Owning it comfortably means knowing when you're going to need that money and when you're going to use it. And by doing that, we can get a lot of peace of mind out of owning equities. But call the office, 805-500-7035. You can visit our website, thelindgroup.com. We're located right in the middle of Ventura. We're on Victoria, right across the street from the government center. You can probably see our big sign on the corner of Phil, the Lind Group. But uh, give us a call. Hit us up on the website or, heck, even stop in the office. Do you ever wish you had an owner's manual to help you address and plan for retirement? Well, now you do. The Wealth Puzzle, a fiduciary guides to proper retirement planning by Michael J. Mansfield from The Lynn Group. If you're like most of our clients, having access to a retirement roadmap could help ease the financial concerns and better prepare you for retirement. That is exactly why Michael decided to author his very own book. The Wealth Puzzle, a fiduciary's guide to proper retirement planning, will help give you the foundation you need for a successful retirement. Simply call 805-500-7035 or visit thelindgroup.com to receive your copy today. And welcome back to Financially Tuned. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore, trying to keep Michael Mansfield 
on track today. Michael, great <laughs> first half of the show, though. You had a lot of great things to say. I find it interesting because a lot of these financial advisors, quote unquote, and financial professionals kind of poo-poo the market. Uh, or on the other side, the brokers say, you know, just leave your money in stocks. And if you want to retire, you just pull a percentage out every year to live off of from your stock account. Right. But uh, I like the angle you're taking because neither is uh, correct because uh, you also don't want to, a lot of folks, I bet the majority of folks though are erring on the side of everything they have for their retirement is in stocks. I mean, most 401k plans, which people have, are completely tied to the stock market. So let's say I'm getting ready to retire and everything I have is in the stock market and the first year goes fine. I pull out whatever I need, 50000 or 80000 or whatever it is, 100000 for that year. Uh, let's just go with 50 to make it easy for math. Right. And then, and then the next year comes uh, and I pull out, so 50000 that's 4% of what I have. So I figure I can do that. I have to have 50000 to live on each year. So I have no problem. We've figured it out. I can live for quite a while pulling 4% out a year. But then the market drops like it did in 2008 and I lose 30 to 40%. Mm -hmm. I still have to draw out my 50,000, but at that point, it's not just 4%. <laughs> yeah. It's so and, isn't and that some. a, but that's a legitimate problem, right? Well, absolutely. With having every, absolutely. everything, you don't want to have every, all your eggs in that basket yeah. during retirement, right? Yeah. And that's why you want to work with a well-rounded financial planner, certainly a certified financial planner that uses all different types of asset classes to come up with a proper retirement plan. Because let's be fair, if you're all in insurance or you're all in the stock market, you're crazy. You're doing it all wrong. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. You got to have a sure. balance to a whole lot of things. And there's a lot of thought and discussion that comes into what the balance should look like. And you're right. I'm not the first person to say it. I mean, heck, if you guys watch Susie Orman on PBS when she's walking around the stage doing her song and dance, she talks constantly about dollar cost averaging. But more importantly to your comment, Tony, she talks about reverse dollar cost averaging, which is basically if your money's in stocks and you need income because you've retired, and you pull money out of your account that is in stocks, oh, and then the account goes down because the stock market crashes, your reverse dollar cost average in your account, you're blowing it up. It'll never recover. You're doing irreparable damage. So it is beyond irresponsible to use a stock or equity account for a retirement income plan because you cannot control it. I mean, heck, Morningstar comes out with these drawdown rate studies. A decade ago, they said you could take 4% out of your portfolio. Heck, that was the number you were just referencing, Tony. Uh, they just yeah, came out. Yeah, because I'd heard that before. Yeah. January of 2014, they came out with the new study that says, eh, 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 eh. now that interest rates are so low and CDs don't pay anything and bonds stink and you got interest rate risk and, and people are now are accidentally living too long. You can't draw out 4% anymore. They said, so you, to avoid going broke, you shouldn't draw out more than 2.8% of your account value. Think about that. Wow. Think how scary wow, you, that number is. You're, you're going to have to have a lot in there. Yeah. <laughs> in this, yeah, yeah. In this so, stock market yeah, to live Everybody, you need uh, 2 to $3 million now all of a sudden to retire. Yeah. Um, it, so that doesn't make any sense. But a lot of that rationale falls back into the theme of Where's the risk at? Where's where are the stocks at? Are we using that type of stuff for our income plan? And it doesn't make any sense. That is why insurance is suited. 
It's easy to use safe asset classes or income guaranteed accounts, things like that to create income. It's stable. I mean, heck, I would argue that your money sitting in cash being drawn down is a much better deal than leaving it in the stock market and drawing it down. Um, because at least I can control how long the cash account's going to be around for. You know, sure. but you have one bad year in the early years of your drawdown from your stock account, it's over. Yeah. It's over. But that's why, but it's still good to, if you can afford it, what you're saying in the first segment is, you know, to completely say, oh, the stock market, terrible. Um, you, you really, and especially if you're not retired yet, and especially yeah. if you're, you have a long time horizon. Uh, you'd almost be crazy not to have some money in the stock market. Well, right? But you hit the nail on the head. The, the point isn't stocks, annuities, bonds. That's not the point. The point is you need to know how much money you need out of your investments. You need to adjust that for inflation. You need to adjust that for taxes over time. But by understanding how much money you need and how much you have, you can segment out your money. You know, that way you could say, hey, here's the money I need for the next five to 10 years kind of a thing. But the money, as I segment it out and I can say, here's you know 20 percent of my portfolio I found through my income plan. I don't need for 20 plus years. To be fair, the time horizon argues we should have some exposure. We should have some risk. Doesn't mean we take obnoxious risk. Doesn't mean we just throw it all in the S&P 500. You know, there's ways to take risks that is acceptable. And those are the things that become the discussion. But you're right, Tony. All investing is age-based. The younger you are, the more risky you are. But that's also because you're saving in dollar cost averaging. The older you get, the more conservative you get because the closer you are to needing your own assets. The problem is you need to know how much of your own assets you need and when and not exactly. I mean, I realize that all of this is living and breathing. Situations are changing. Income needs are changing. But that's why you got to be working with somebody regularly that can help adjust the plan to fit your needs. So there's sure. just, I mean, this is like the can of worms, man. You really opened it up, Tony. So now, Michael, uh, this has been a great discussion so far. And I think it is important, though, for our listeners to understand this, the balance. Now, there are some generic rules of thumb that we've probably thrown out in this show before and, and that I've heard before, like uh, to talk about how to allocate your assets so you don't have too much in the market or uh, make sure you have enough in the market. And that's the rule of 100. Do you go by that at all? Well, it's a good initial roadmap. So it's certainly something that we look at as just a common sense guideline to get an initial assessment of where people would be. And, and the simplicity is you say, hey, you take the number 100, you subtract what your age is, and what's left over is the percentage that you should have in, in risky money or equities, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, things like that. So obviously, let's think about that for a second. Let's say you had a 25-year-old. 100 minus 25 leaves 75. So they should have about 75% of their money in their real growth-oriented investments. Conversely, if we had a 75-year-old individual and we took that age away from 100, they should have about 25% of their money in at-risk investments. The problem with the rule is it's overly simplistic. It's a good guideline just to see how risky sure. we are in general because what the argument of the rule is is it's saying, hey, the older we get, the closer to needing our money for two reasons are. One is we're going to need it for income or our own care, or two is 
we're getting closer to the point when we're going to pass it to other people, our loved ones, and therefore it's almost as important to be controlling what it's doing and really honing in on what it's going to be. Um, so that's the simplicity of the rule. The challenge of the rule goes into everyone's individual situation. See, it's easy to say, oh, a 75-year-old should be 25% in the stock market. But if they need at 75, 100% of their resources to create their income, then they've probably lost the opportunity to have a lot of it in equities. Um, you know, so we really have to play with the individual situation to see how much money they really have, how much money they really need and what their situation looks like. So the rule is a good starting point just to start a conversation. Your individual situation is what truly applies and how we would amend the, we'll say the, the rule to fit you. Interesting. And, and part of the whole underlying problem with all of this, and I would imagine makes it tough for you, Michael, in your job to help people figure this all out, is and especially for the individual, uh, you have to work with a financial professional. I don't know how you do this on your own, but that's the low interest rates. Figuring out how you're going to take that lump sum that you retire with, take you know your wife has a 401k, you have a 401k, you have a couple of lump sums or three things maybe. You you have an IRA in addition that you've had. What do you do with these lump sums to create that monthly income and make sure they're going to last as long as you do? Uh, with the interest rates being so low. And that just throws the huge wrench into it. I think it would be uh, a lot simpler uh, if interest rates were still, I mean, you could even say, oh, I'm just going to, I can live with uh, what I have. It would be pretty easy to figure out if if CDs were paying 8%. Oh, yeah. I could have mo some money in CDs and I could afford to take, you know, exactly. 4% out a year, right? Exactly, exactly. And, th and those are the challenges that we have right now. And because the investment landscape has changed so much, people are taking different kinds of risks. We're seeing more and more retirees coming in in their late 60s, 70s, early 80s that are going back into the stock market more than they should because they're concerned about the fact that CDs aren't paying anything. So they're taking risk trying to find a return. And that's pretty scary in and of itself because it only mm -hmm. takes one or two bad moments in time for, for that to uh, be a fundamental flaw. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is good stuff. And uh, I hope that our listeners have paid attention and they're going to need help with this. Uh, we have to go, though. We're out of time for today's show, Michael. Why don't you let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you and set up a, a free or complimentary, no, you know, no charge, no hassle meeting with you? Yeah, thanks, Tony. If anybody's interested in understanding the stock market, how much equities and what percentages they should have in their portfolio associated with a proper retirement income plan, that's what we do all day long. So give us a call, 805-500-7035. Visit our website, thelindgroup.com. You can submit your information on there. Um, we'll call you, set up a consultation. You can visit and listen to all of our recorded radio shows at financiallytunedradio.com. But call us, 805-500-7035. Like I said, we're located right here on Victoria Boulevard, right across the street from the government center, corner of Phil and Victoria. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit their website at financiallytunedradio.com. 
All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Michael Mansfield and the Lind Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. 